In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, Come dwell within us, Cleanse us from all stain, And save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Amen. Well, we're going to continue in the letter to the Romans. We're in the second part of chapter 3. Um, after Paul has discussed um, what the law is unable to do, or hints at that, then he starts here at verse 21 of chapter 3, um, which has taken us back now with his word justice to the way the thing began, this whole section began in uh, verse 16 of chapter 1, which says, I am not ashamed of the gospel uh, because it is the uh, power of God for salvation for all the believers, Jew first and then Greek. And then verse 17, the uh, righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, faith to faith, you see. Then And then the, the quote from Habakkuk, the righteousness of God, the justice of God. It's um, All these words have been used so much and debated so much that it's hard to get the right word to convey what this means. But we're going to spend quite a bit of time on it now because this is crucial to our understanding of the gospel. Paul is doing all this because he's addressing himself to a community which is made up of both believer, believers from Judaism and believers from paganism. Well, they come from very different backgrounds. Uh, harder for us to realize. I mean, Jews believed in one true God. They had a strict moral code. In fact, they stoned people that didn't keep it. Uh, and the pagans had a desire for something in some of their philosophers, but generally... It was not very demanding. And so, now that they're all justified, the believers, question is, well, what does that mean? And um, the Jews, though they're converts, have this idea still, well, you got to do something to be justified. And the pagans, who had no idea whatsoever what justification meant, well, so they think you don't have to do anything and they think you got to do a lot. And Paul says, no, you got to do one thing. you got to believe. And belief is not you grit your teeth and make yourself... No, that's not belief. Belief is a work of God in you. And you yield to it. And it comes from the holiness, the righteousness, and the love and affection of the Father. And that's what he's trying to explain to them. And so, you see, he starts off there here. Now... Without the law, the justice of God, that we just talked about them from 116, the justice of God has been made manifest, huh? uh, attested by the law and the prophets, uh, witnessed to, attested by the law. The justice of God has been taught by the law, the, the Torah, and the prophets. So we should understand this. And so, namely, 
the justice of God given to us through faith in Christ Jesus for all believers. There is no distinction. All have sinned and need the glory of God. What is the glory of God? It's the radiant, saving presence of God. There's a beautiful, um, several. There's one we could look at right now. It's in Psalm 84, verse 9. Uh, where he's talking about the glory dwelling in our land. Huh? Um, grace and glory he bestows. Huh? Um, the glory of God is this radiant, saving presence of God. That's the kavod of God. You can see identified with the cloud that comes down. Identified with, you know, but it's, it's, it's God's presence, His glory. And so He's saying here, all need the glory of God. All need this saving presence. All, Jew and Gentile. Everyone needs this saving, mercy, radiant presence of God. Okay. All sinned and need the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His graciousness. This is the way He begins His treatise on justification. Justified as a gift. It's a gift. We don't earn it. We receive it, and that's faith. But we don't earn it. Now this is hard in one way for the Jews to get, and it's hard in another way for the Gentiles to get, because what's a gift from God? What do we need? You know, it's hard for them to learn yet to relate to the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, even though they believe. Uh, so he's trying to work this out through these, these chapters, up uh, as far as chapter 5, actually. So, uh, being justified as a gift by His graciousness is the way that I... Uh, Translate it here. Dorian Kariti Apolloritusisya. See, by the uh, redemption, which is the word for getting the people out of Egypt, getting a slave out of slavery, is redemption. You see, that's the word that we translate it most of the time, redemption. In Christ Jesus, now this is quite interesting now, whom God set forth as the propitiatory, operative, it's not in the text, through faith in his own blood, in proof of his justice, God's justice, for the remission of sins committed formerly, in, again, little parentheses, in the time of God's forbearance, in proof of his justice in the present time, that he might be just and justifying the one who is of faith in Jesus. Now, what does all that mean? You see, what is justice? Tzedek is the Hebrew word. Tzedek. It means, roughly, to give to everybody, to honor the truth of every relationship. 
That's justice. We're going to start in a minute when we talk about Abraham. He believed God and that was credited to him as justice. It was the right way to relate to God, to believe him. And therefore that's dikiosini, that's righteousness, you see? So Paul is building this case that it's not the law, it's the mercy of God, which is offered to us. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive it, and we are at rights with God. That's the point. Okay. Um, then he might be just and justifying the one who is of faith in Jesus. Now, let's stop for a minute and try to work a bit on this. Huh? Tzedek is the word for righteousness, justice, okay? Chasdik is the verb form that means to make righteous, to declare righteous, or to make. I can declare somebody righteous if I'm a judge, but if God declares who you are, because whatever he says happens, which is different than what we can do, except for the sacraments. Where God has given us that power, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that person is baptized by God. But generally. So, he's looking at situations where, as I think I say somewhere in these notes, uh, it, it's honoring the... Uh, the relationship is to be just, okay? And so, uh, but this this honoring, this relationship, we can't do without God's help. But So, that he might be just means what? That he honors the truth of the relationship. Well, what's God's relationship to himself? Where's the norm for God? Suppose you don't think God's just. What are you going to do? Call a cop? No, it's God's relationship to himself. Then, this is the role of promise. This is watching God's mercy. He promises. He doesn't have to promise. He says it. That ought to be enough. But he knows us. So he promises. And now he owes it to himself to come through to on his promise. Because he's just, he will always make good on his promise. And so, we're starting to move into this area. Now, where there is a difficulty, that is, for instance, it says in Psalm 51, where all of this, that's the psalm, Be merciful to me, O God, be gracious, Haneni, Elohim, in keeping with your, your uh, mercy. Now, which way am I going? See, the Hebrew Bible ends with the writings, whereas the um, our books end uh, with the prophets. Uh, we sort of change the order a bit. So when you're trying to get something done and you're working both ways, you keep forgetting which one is which. You shouldn't, but you do. So, this is Psalm 51. Chanini olehim kehasdecha. You see, so the words there are your 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 hesed and your rechem, um, your enthusiastic fidelity to the covenant promises that you've made, and your rechem, your merciful affection, 
the popular etymology for the word rechem is is rachum is rechem, rachum is mercy, rechem is womb. God loves the fruit of His own womb, as it were. He made us. You see, and so wash me thoroughly from my sin, and so forth. You see, uh, and then I admit we're in a kind of a lawsuit here. Okay, so then I admit hatati. I say, I admit, against you, you alone have I sinned. But I'm now that I've said that, you see, uh, I've sinned before you, uh, done an evil in your sight. I've said all that. Lemachan tisdik, that you will be proven right. See the sadik in there. You will be proven right when you pass sentence, when you speak, because you're always right. So if I already say, you see, uh, that I've sinned and I acknowledge my sin and I've sinned before you, that's to acknowledge that you are righteous in your judgment. You see? But the judgment ultimately turns out to be one of mercy. And so, this idea, why this word justification? Well, you see, because it was a very popular word, in the Judaism of Paul's day, uh, meaning that God will discover people righteous. The problem was that it started, in, despite the Psalms, uh, I've got to do a bunch of stuff and then I'm righteous. And if I don't do that stuff, I'm not righteous. Now our Lord gently spoke about that. Uh, for instance, in the parable about the man in the front of the temple and the man in the back. The man in the back just said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, That one went home justified, not the one in the front. Or I will stop and take a break here.